It's Oyana. It's Izzy. It's Tiana. It's, it's a look. look. All right. Um, so, yes, we have Tiana here. We have a bunch of juicy topics. The first one, uh, we're going to start with our opening question, which is, what are some toxic relationship traits that you have? So we're going to um, keep ourselves accountable. Yes. Accountable. Real quick. My favorite. Uh, I guess we can start with the guests. Like, yeah, you know, what is your toxic? We've we had this conversation multiple times. We know what we're saying. What you say? Well, uh, I thought about this on the long walk over here. But um, my toxic, my most toxic relationship trait would be this need to, um, to give over my power. Um, a lot of us have issues with trust. And, and really want to trust badly. And part of the way that I've trusted people in the past or over overly trusted people, if that's a word, has been um, being having this desire to give over my power immediately. Um, it's something that developed for me in childhood due to being in a toxic home structure, um, wanting to... Uh, not wanting, but uh, dealing with a forced submission, always being having to submit. And um, it's something that I reproduce in my rom romantic relationships as an adult. No. I think it's funny because like, I got trust issues. <laughs> I don't trust. <laughs> I trust none, as the kids say. Um, but no, but mine is, I would say my uh, toxic trait is like manipulating people. Um, it's something me and Alan talked about before, like before the podcast. Um, I, I do. I would. Well, my, we both manipulate, but my way of manipulating would be um, to allow that person to make the choice and then try to merge it into a choice I wanted to. Like, that's, that's <laughs> no, 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 no. Here's one. I'm giving you this opportunity to make the right decision, and then you don't. So I'm gonna be like, okay, okay, okay. Here's another opportunity. I'm gonna make it look a lot better this way. Um, I think it's kind of kind of like selling people on stuff. Like, yeah. So I'm really good at selling people on ideas and my creative ideas and be like, I'm doing this thing and people are like, oh shit, I like this thing. Whether they like that or not, I mean, they might some way like the thing I'm telling them. I mean, people like Yana said before, um, he said off the podcast, he was like, people make the decisions they're going to make regardless of still their decision. Mm -hmm. um, but that influence I put into it is so strong and such like a I guess an overbearing personality that I mean it's kind of like okay well why not make that choice if this person is telling me that I like seem so like confident and seems so like right in her decision so why not make the same decision but I feel like that's uh, already weird and a problem <laughs> and gets me in a lot of trouble when someone doesn't make that decision and so now I'm feeling like oh wow they didn't do that thing that I wanted them to do yeah. and so now I'm like oh well they're only not doing that like or when they finally do do the thing, I'm like, oh, they're only doing it because I made them do it. Mm -hmm. And then that's a, a whole problem itself. Because I'm like, well, they didn't really want to do this. And so I'm feeling bad, mm -hmm. one, because like they didn't want to do this thing I wanted them to do. And which is kind of a reason, bad reason to feel bad. It shows me more I'm, bad, I'm mad at myself for making them make that choice. Um, but more so I'm just mad that they didn't make it on their own. <laughs> um, I have struck with toxic relationship traits. Um, I think that because I, I also do manipulate, but I have also, I have two very manipulative parents, and I think I just kind of mimic their behaviors in that. 
but I don't want to pair it to you. So one of the other ones that I have that I think is really bad is that I expect people to know and understand my needs like simply through osmosis mm. without actually stating them. Yes. I want you to know like, oh, I need like I need this attention or I need this kind of support from you without saying I need the support from you and being lashing out in like, you know, unproductive ways. Now, I hate lashing out because I, I feel like that sounds like a tantrum. But like, you know, seeking not revenge, that's a little dark, but essentially revenge for that, mm -hmm. for the fact that you are not doing the things that I just need you to know, again, through, like, you know, just me thinking it, yeah. that you should give me, yeah. and, like, and now, like, I'm, I'm like, punishing you, so, like, I will <laughs> refrain from sex, or, like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not communicating in the way that I should, or whatever, mm -hmm. and so, I, like, and then, what, and it's, it's really toxic for, like, both parties, but specifically myself because it's like now I've ruined a relationship with someone that I could have had a good one with simply because I I just assume you should know yeah or whatever so which I think, is like a big thing a lot of people say about them like a lot of relationships you were like you should know this about me yeah and I'm like well should I like, yeah, like, <laughs> you should. I feel like um communicate like I it's so weird because I'm such I'm really good at communicating mm -hmm. and when I like say the things that I want or need or desire or whatever I'm feeling people even if they aren't willing to give me those things they're willing to understand where I'm coming from and such and it's like if I know that I have this trait why don't I ever use it yeah. and it's I feel like you know uh, me and Elijah he was on our podcast last week shout out to him um we were talking about uh we were listening to some song, but it's like a song they play in Love and Basketball. I think it was Woman's Worth or something. And he was saying that, he was like, Love and Basketball is such a shitty movie. Yeah. It shows you like a really shitty relationship. But you like, you look at like Love and Basketball or Baby Boy or Barker Boys or all those, you know, all the black cinema that we've consumed so much, the movies that BET plays on repeat all the fucking yeah, time. Like, and like, stories. these are like, you know, Poetic Justice. All these are like, oh, goals. I want this kind of love. It was like, do we really want that? But it's like, but like, I feel like in those movies, you have this, um, it's like this very fairy tale Disney way of like, mm -hmm. he just knows where I'm coming from. And we, and like, we were watching this shit as kids. I remember the first time I saw Love and Basketball, I was like seven. Yeah. And that's the media that I consume. This is how, like, this is the relationship that was romanticized to me. And I assume that people should behave this way. Mm -hmm. And like, that's like, and, and it's like just in media in general. Like you never see people having difficult conversations within relationships yeah. to say that, hey, I am this kind of lover and yeah. I need you to support me in these ways. Mm -hmm. And say, oh, well, I'm in this kind of lover and I can't support you in those ways and let's compromise. Like those conversations I've never had. Yeah. And like, it's very much like, I just know she wants flowers on Wednesday. So I send them because I'm French Charming. It's like, <laughs> I'm sure there's a unicorn ass nigga out here who's doing that. But like most of us aren't. Yeah. And it's like, I know that when people expect me to just do certain shit just because that I don't do it because I don't know. It's like, I can't read your fucking mind, but I do expect other people to do it for me. Yeah. I mean, I feel that because you're right. People don't have those serious conversations on TV, and when they do have serious conversations on TV, it's like in a comedic form. I've been like, oh, we're having an intervention, and then people making jokes throughout it. But there's really no like serious dialogue. But then it's like, these are the things that I need, and these are the things how I'm feeling, and let's talk about them. People are just like, I mean, why are you in your feelings? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's and it's kind of weird to be like, um, say those things that you need from a person because. I mean, somebody like you, you are really good at words. I'm not good at words. And so it takes me like a week to figure out what I'm truly trying to decide. Like just today I had a fucking 
epiphany about some shit um, earlier. And I was like, it took me two weeks to even get to that personal decision um, and being able to say those words for it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I understand why you would want somebody to just want to, like, just know what you're feeling. Like, that's a very valid desire. Yeah. I mean, we all want that. We want people to just come into our life and know exactly how we want to be loved, appreciated, and, like, respected. Mm-hmm. But people don't know that. And I think that's when we have, like, those strong relationships when we hold on to certain people who do have that. And then once we figure, like, like, like you said, some unicorn-ass nigga comes into the world and, or even, like, best friend or a friend or yeah. a co-worker that comes to the world and know exactly how you want to be appreciated and then you gravitate towards that and then you use that as a rule and not an exception. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just like, yeah. Um, you said something made me think about something. Um, I can't remember what it was, so I'll just ask my next question. Hopefully I can think of it again. Um, we're t- I feel like the things that we said are, are toxic traits you can have in any kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. Do you think your the the most toxic trait that you have in in your romantic relationships is the same one you have in like platonic friendships, or like does that cross over for you? Is it the same or is it different? Because I I believe mine is different. I think the the lack of stating my needs to my partners is more very much more romantic. Cause like earlier today, like I had like gotten upset with you and like maybe five seconds later thought about it. I was like, I can talk to Elizabeth about this. That is something I probably can't do with like a romantic partner. Cause I'm like, why don't you know I don't want to hear that shit? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Cause I'm like, something like that. I feel like, but for me and you, I feel like we are a unicorn situation. Yeah. Like I, I when I see me and Ayana, I don't think this is how it's going to be for our relationship. Trust me, it took me a long time to get there. But, <laughs> um, like, before I used to want people to just be like me and Ayana, be like, oh my God, this my, I mean, this person here is understanding me and great to talk to and everything like that and vice versa. So why can't I have that for everyone else? And Ayana had to be like, you know, you got to stop comparing me to everybody else in your life. And, but as far as, like, the manipulation thing, I I feel like I try not, I actively try not to do it with friendships. Um, I do it in relationships because I want the relationships to go well with friendships. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, like, I feel like friendships are, it's more room for error. Mm-hmm. Like, people allow you more room for error in a friendship versus yeah. a relationship where people are like, you need to know how to do these things, you need to do these things right, or it's over. And I feel like people, I don't know if that's, like, uh, the people I date or just an overall thing, but I feel like there's, like, we give opportunities to people where they date, like, five options and, like, five options to mess up. And then we're like, okay, you're done. Like, yeah. I'm over you. And then I, like, think about people like Slumflower, who's, like, you know, when you're dating men, she's like, oh, you know, if they make a mistake, then throw them away. Some girl on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm just like... I, I don't know, I like the idea of being like, you know, someone's actively doing these major things in your life, like, yeah. like they're talking shit about you or something like that, you know, yeah. like those things that you need your red flags, but like, if they're just like, they forgot to do something, then why just like throw them away? And I'm like, so I, I think I allow more room in friendships rather than relationships, it's something I'm probably going to work on, but, um, so I don't try to manipulate my friendships, I try to be like, I think I'm really nice, overly doing too much when it comes to friendships, I'm like allowing these people to like, do certain things, and I'm like, okay, it's okay, because we're friends, I mean, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but, um, but I feel like I try to allow them to have options, whereas far as friendships, I don't really know my manipulative traits, what I think I just crowd myself around people who I don't necessarily, like, a lot of times, I had a lot of friendships where I didn't really respect those people, and so when you don't respect the person that you call your friend, that's a whole other problem, 
But, uh, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. No, I got it. I think part of giving away power is part of um, giving away the mystery too early. Mm-hmm. And the way I give away the mystery too early is being like, Hey, Iana, hey, Izzy, you know, this is how I want to be treated. Boom, 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 A to Z. Okay. You know, one to like a million. Like, I might as well just make a list and just give it to you. Um, rather than allowing us to go through these situations over time, that's a way that um, I establish safety within myself. But I think that um, I know at this point that it's intimidating. Um, I know that it's stressful for other people. It's great in my mind it's great to lay out what you need and how you want to be treated. But, um, the way I do it is as if we don't have time, you know, to, uh, to explore one another, to go through different situations. And, um, I know, I know with, uh, past partners, my most race, recent relationships specifically, uh, this person was very different from me, no type of communication whatsoever. And I'm all communication, all love, like all, I just, he was pretty much a cardboard cutout. I was the relationship. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the day, I really, really wish that I would have held on to a lot of my energy, a lot of my love, a lot of my good pussy, yeah. a lot of my connections socially. Um, just a, I, w- I wish I would have held tightly um, oh, yeah. to what I had, period, in the way that this person did. Not with like a harshness and, um, and a meanness in the yeah. way that they did, but... Um, to maintain the mystery so that it wasn't as much of like a runner chaser situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm very much in the same way with friends. I'm trying to get out of um, giving away that mystery, giving away too much too soon, but being very open and loving and ready to receive and give at the same time. So I, I, it's crazy that you say that because I feel like we have opposite problems. Mm. Um, like where I'm like, I want to, like, I just want people to know things about me. You're like, I want to tell everybody everything. And I like listen to you talking like these are negatives. This is like a positive. Like I wish that I knew how to be vulnerable in a relationship in that way. That I because I feel like that's one of the reasons also why I don't like to like state my needs in a relationship is because like that does take a certain vulnerability. Say, hey, I like me. I am very much for like I need lots of affirmation. I need to know that you are enjoy being with me. That you want to be in this relationship mm-hmm. with me. Like that's platonic or you know romantic. Yeah. I need to know that I am wanted. Yeah. Um, for me to want to continue, and I don't say that. I very much play like, <laughs> and like it upsets me when like I when I was like so then and I get to the place where I'm like, yeah. Like and that's like again with friendships or romantic relationships. Yeah. But I do see what you're saying because I've also been on the other side of that. I've been the person. Well, I've been the person where someone else is like telling me everything about themselves and I'm just like this is a lot this is yeah, so much yeah. like, and like I and I have felt like over like like this person is like kind of overbearing like god damn like am I like the center of your world because I don't want that either yeah, <laughs> that's a whole lot of pressure to have yeah um I guess my question is like how do you like those checks and balances you know to be like when am I giving enough yeah. I'm not taking I don't know, because a lot of times people are like, I, I'm a very open person, but I'm a closed person. Like, it's my dear describe me as that. And I was like, I feel like I'm like, you know, I'll tell you anything you ask me, but if, only if you ask. Like, ask, don't mm. ask. And what is the thing? Close oh, Yeah, close and I was on your bed. So I'm not going to tell you anything. But I think, and like, I'm in a starting a relationship now, and 
I did I'm like, I need to be loved this way. You took the love quiz. I need to know <laughs> I need you to know that these are things because I feel like I don't feel like telling someone that you especially in a romantic relationship, this is specifically um platonic, I feel like I wouldn't do it that way. I think of platonic friendships I create, I don't actually like I'm not really close to. I have a lot of like I have Rihanna Elijah, those are my go tos all the time. And then I have like all these this span of friends that I'm like, okay, you're this friend for this thing, this friend for this thing. And it's not to be like that person doesn't have the capability of doing all these other things. They are best at this for me. Yeah. And so I usually don't try to tell them I need to be liked in all these ways because they don't really mm. need to fill all the boxes for me. Mm. They fill these boxes that they're really good at naturally. Mm-hmm. So why try to push that for any other reason? Mm-hmm. I think when it comes to romantic ones, I am like, I really want you to feel most all of these. Boxes. I mean, if, if like an ideal world, I want you to feel all of them. Mm-hmm. And like a, like a realistic world, I'm like, I want you to feel most of these. And so I'm going to tell you exactly what these boxes need to be are. And I mean, sometimes people are just like, oh, that's a lot to know. But I'm like, I'm letting you know that I am a lot. So that's the point. I'm letting you know. Yeah. Not even a lot, but I'm this is the things I need. If you feel like that, that's a lot or, or too much for you, then that's something we can decide right now. Yeah. Um, because I do feel like I'm not saying like I know I said before I don't want to kick people out, give the opportunity. I do want to give you the opportunity, but I want to let you know what those like what that entails. Um, I have a question then, because you said that you understand that your friends don't need to check all your boxes mm-hmm. because maybe this person is very good at giving me affirmations, but they're not good at quality time. They just don't have the time for that or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I get like what I mean or whatever balance of things you need in your life my question would be why is it that like because we're in a romantic relationship that we assume that people have those capabilities <laughs> i think it's because that's you're around super them. unfair you're around them more though you're around them more than you would be like your friend from down the block like and i think because like i mean i mean i will for me i would like to be around my partner more than i would like to be around say like you or say like i like to be around you a lot so that's a lot that's a high level and so um I want them to be able to like give me words. At least I want them to give me words of affirmation and make me feel good about being around them. Mm-hmm. Well, so like I get like I feel like we're using specifics, and I don't want to like do that because it was like generalized conversation, so exactly what I said. Um, but I mean, like just in general, uh, like you say, you're in a relationship right now, and like a recent thing, you're like this person doesn't text me back as much as I want them to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like though, like you came to like that that all on your own. Like, hey, I am expecting someone to do this thing that doesn't make sense for them. Not even for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like, or for yourself. Like, yeah. This is something that this is an unrealistic expectation I'm putting on my relationship. Simply because I am in a relationship. Yeah. 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 Are we, are we, yeah, you're good. Um, simply because we're in a relationship, and I feel like that's something that happens so often in romantic relationships that like now that we said that. I'm your boyfriend, you're my girlfriend, or whatever, we're partners in this, you know, romantic relationship, especially in monogamy, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, so now I expect you to be fucking Superman and Wonder Woman, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's so unrealistic, and I feel like that's probably, I feel like that goes into the reason why you see a lot of people are like, oh, if this person doesn't check X, Y, and Z boxes for me, then it's over and it can't happen, yeah. and it's like, well, do you really expect everybody in your life to check all of these? And I think that's, again, not to say not to set boundaries and not to have standards, because obviously you have to have those things. You have to have those. That's a part of your own Mm self-care. But I feel like, I know like the, the, like if I like really wrote down all the things that I want in a partner and like if a partner said the same thing about me, I'm like, yo, whoa there, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Still growing, still learning. Like I I would feel like, damn, that's a lot of shit. This is kind of unrealistic. 
And like I would, and it doesn't mean that I'm a bad partner. It doesn't mean that I could not give somebody something good in a relationship. But you are a guest. Like, come on, talk to us. Well, I mean, it, it comes back to the whole idea of Disney and um, that uh, brainwashing and programming most of us experience as children, whether that's through media or through a reaction to like broken family structure or a reaction to like a family structure that seemed like it was operating correctly, but the angels were demons and the demons were angels. Um, not being, not having, um, not having people be honest about what it's really like to struggle within different types of relationships, whether that's romantic or not, whether that's monogamous or um, something, something alternative. Um, it's, it's all about like these, these like repeated messages um, to the point where we're living, we're trying to live out a fantasy that has nothing to do with how relationships are actually run. Um, so I find that being an issue for me within romantic relationships and friendships. And it's something that I'm working back from by spending more time with myself. Uh, I mostly do poetry. I'm an artist. And little by little, I'm starting to venture into visual art. I'm starting to venture into performance art. Um, I'm starting to um, do more teaching gigs and spending more time with children. So in exploring my, uh, in chasing my bag, I'm spending more time with myself. I'm gaining more confidence. Um, I'm diversifying the types of relationships I have, the types of people that I meet. I have to change up the way that I communicate because I'm with different people in different environments. And that's the way that I'm changing how I walk into a relationship. Once again, whether that's romantic friendship, coworkers, just meeting, whatever. Okay. Um, yeah. Damn, I, I have a follow up. Um, but you did mention, um, you said you like in the middle of chasing your bag and kind of learning yourself and all these different art avenues you're, you're chasing now. Um, and I believe everyone here calls themselves an artist in some facet. Mm -hmm. And I think that, like, specifically in Chicago, like, the art scene is so small here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know, it's like, it's small, <laughs> is the Instagram art scene small or is the art scene small? Because I think it might be the Instagram art scene. Because I was at this fashion show the day and I'm like, oh, I don't know, majority of people, these are new people. Okay. These are new artists. I also think, like, I feel like, how about this? The the clout chasing art scene is small. Yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, <laughs> I think there are a lot of people. I think there are a lot of people out here doing their shit and in their bag and like you know chasing their art and trying to perfect it. Who are not you know you know yeah. chasing the clout. They're not. Yeah. They're not. They're not looking. They're, I'm not gonna say they're not looking for followers because we understand that Instagram you know is something is like it's a way of branding and all that other shit. But they're not like at every of it. They're not like always trying to be with the right people and shit like that. Yeah. But even with that being said, um, that part of I feel like the art the I do but I do in general think the art scene in Chicago is pretty small in comparison to other places. At least that's what I've been told. And I think that the black art scene specifically. Is even smaller because I do know, like, even though I'm not like a visual art, like I'm not a photographer, like my medium is writing. I, I write, um, but like as far as like through you and Elijah, I realized like, damn, I don't even know these people, but I know these people. Yeah, like up. these are all like I know these same thirty people, basically, yeah, yeah. right? That I see recycled all the time, <laughs> and I feel like, um, it's it, like it makes it even harder because it's like. Okay, so here we are, all us, you know, 40 black people trying to make it as artists and do our shit in these very um, 
like, first of all, if you're a black artist, you're already like an anomaly. You're like, yeah. you, were, you were probably the weird kid in high school yeah. <laughs> who went through a beret phase and no one else did, right? <laughs> um, and then, like, you get into the art scene, and like, obviously, you have like other black artists, but like, you're really like, you know, if you're trying to make it, you yeah. have to integrate white spaces, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, and so, our next topic is like, how, how, how do you navigate? white spaces how have you how like how have you guys like decided to, how what am i trying to say words how have you guys uh entered white spaces navigated them without assimilating because i feel like that happens so much that you what we see all the time is that okay i have to be in this to get in this space i have to sell out a little bit yeah i have to give up a little something yeah. um and I, I mean i don't know how true or not true that is because you know i no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, but I feel like I know it looks like Izzy is. Uh, she she just you know shot a fashion show and shit. You yeah, know, you be out here doing your shit, and uh, you just said that you're like you know you're chasing your different art forms and things like that. So how do you do that? You can go. Well, <laughs> I was I was uh, shaking my head and uh putting my hands between my edges and my new growth real quick on that one because I just had the craziest experience last week. Um, I went to interview for a major arts festival in the city. And um, major, major, major. major. Oh, uh, you said the start one? Damn, we're getting through these. Yeah, you're such a good guest. I love this. Um, uh, so you, Izzy just said that, like, you know, she wouldn't do those shows. My question is, because I feel like it's easy simply to say no. It's hard to call them out on the reason that mm. you're saying no. So, like, I specifically told the person who I said, I cannot do this because your clothes don't fit people who look like you, right? Yeah. I, I, I'm giving you the reason why, and, like, she could probably say, fuck you, bitch, I didn't want your fat ass anyway, <laughs> hire somebody else who fits her clothes or whatever. Okay. Or she could take that and be like, oh, wow, next time I hire someone, I, let me make sure my shit fits them, right? Mm. Um, my question to both of you, and... Um, specifically is do you like now I don't necessarily like I said it's never a black woman's unless you're like I mean you know generally speaking it's not black women's issues to dismantle systems of oppression unless you are contributing to said oppression do you think that it is your duty though to say that I am turning this opportunity down for this reason or do you simply just say no well um it really depends on the situation Mm -hmm. uh I'm a particular type of strange because I'll just drop the mic and never be heard from again. Um, And, and, you know, and, and that's not, that's definitely not the way I want to continue my career. Mm -hmm. But um, sometimes a lot of the times that's how I've had to make a bold statement because I'm dark skinned, because I'm from the Jeffrey Manor stand up Mm -hmm. in a part of Chicago that is never acknowledged um, because I don't have a college degree because I'm not a professionally trained this is these are air quotes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> professionally cra- trained writer yeah. performance artist whatever in the city um so oftentimes my opinion and my uh do better later complaint is not even acknowledged read mm-hmm. registered mm-hmm. so bitch if i drop the mic you gonna feel that shit you gonna see that shit yeah if i just bail on you last exactly like, something like that dropping the mic and just walking away and more it gives them opportunity to be like, this is why this person did this because they don't have these standards of. Well, you know, um, like, like we keep saying, it's not a black woman's responsibility Mm -hmm. to dismantle the system 
and on the flip side to represent all black people. Ooh, um, yeah. So I will, Ooh, so if yeah. I got to drop the mic and you can, you can assume whatever you want about people who look like me, yeah. but I know why I did it. And if yeah. you sit at home alone, you know, with whatever your vices are or not, you're going to know it too, for example. And it, th- um, Eliana said earlier that this needs to be more of a general conversation, but um, unfortunately, I just don't know how how we can speak about these situations in a general way um, outside of in in practice. Yeah. So this is why I keep on, you know, going back to my own uh, experiences. But I worked with a very white theater company last year. Um, it was it was horrible. They were getting fifty thousand dollar grants, but not but but barely paying us anything at all for the for the ten month residency. Uh, maybe what? ten ten it? months. Ten months, and um, at the end of the day, I, I I walked, I dropped the mic and walked off after month nine, and Damn. that's that you know that's rough. But I looked on IG one day and realized that another production outside of mine was being created, uh, was being created where black and brown men were being used as props in a prison story, and white women were dancing around them. So when I saw that and I'm already in a production for 10 months where I'm not getting paid, where my group has dropped out on me two times, where I'm being forced to do solo work at the end in month 10, I'm being asked to do solo work. That was a, that was a drop the mic moment. I I thought you were right. I'm in my mind. I'm like, month nine, I feel like I was doing that sooner. You know, I was rocking with you the whole time. I'm just like, yeah, you just gave me more reason to keep rocking with you. And in addition to that, um, within that same company, but with a different production, I was being sexualized by a white femme queer director. Um, while, while in the same room with the rest of my cast who were all white women, for a production of the whitest shit of life, the vagina monologues. Oh, okay. So I do, I do know this. I know somebody who did one, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a white woman, <laughs> a redhead. At the end of the day, you know, my experience may be kind of extreme, but we all we all have to judge what our threshold is for abuse. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if you gotta drop the motherfucking mic, yeah diversify your hustle mm-hmm. make sure you get in your bag from several places if you need the clout make sure you get in the clout from several from several yeah, angles because it's going to be some moments where you just got to do that especially as a person of color who is poor and and un, mm-hmm. untrained or whatever they want to say my question would be how do you so you're going through a situation of nine months of like immense trauma and like annoyance and yeah. everything like that how do you rebuild from that because you spent the majority of your year doing, <laughs> doing this, doing yeah. this I hustle.com. You know, we, we don't, we, as in uh black queer women of color, you know, trans differently abled LGBTQ, you know, the whole, the, the whole stretch, so all the isms of love. Um, we, we don't do no lacking. Exactly. We don't, we don't get tired. Like we have six jobs. Shout out to that rapper. Sorry. Don't know your name, sir. Um, but at, he is. He's oh, 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 didn't he like kick a woman in the yeah, face? He's um, uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we have to wear many hats in, in order to survive. And that's unfortunate. 
Um, but that also adds to our capability. Mm -hmm. um, that also adds to our overqualification in every environment. Um, that also adds to our professionalism, to mm -hmm. our hunger, to our drive, to the end product being amazing when you sprinkle that love mm -hmm. on it. Um, yeah, that's that's my answer. I just I just don't quit. During that nine months, I was doing so many things, being seen in so many places. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter that I dropped the mic. Mm -hmm. And that's not everybody's experience, yeah, of yeah. course. Um, I, yeah, I, it's no easy answer with that. I just want to say one thing. Um, to all my Black femmes who are listening, we are obviously standing Black women because, bitch, why not? Yeah. Um, but I also want to say that in talking about chasing our bag and having like these diversified incomes, this is something that we, I want to, I just want to say something that we talked about. I don't know if this clip made it in. We were talking about Flint, Michigan. And we're saying like how Black people, specifically Black women, do all of these things because. Bitch, I don't have a choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also want to say that we deserve to have fucking choices. I yes. should not have to work six jobs. I don't, mm -hmm. should not have to work six jobs. I'm allowed to get tired. Yeah. The fact that I'm supposed to work through my tiredness is a, is, I was going to say, it's, it's a disservice. It's not like that. I, I don't, I'm so, I'm to the point where I don't know, I no longer want to wear that as a badge. So yeah. That I can go through so much shit and keep yeah. working. You're completely right. I'm, I'm, not, not, a, I'm not a mule. Yeah. I am not anybody's workforce. Yeah. And like it's like the fact that I can bitch give me my give me my thing. Yeah. Give me my shit. Yeah. I I deserve like I said. But I also want to like I I want to I just I hate the fact that as a black woman I have to always be hard. Yeah. I hate the fact that I always have to be working. I have to always be on that I don't get to take breaks, mm -hmm. that I, that you would be in a situation where, like, you, you said something, you were like, oh, this is really traumatic, and I feel like that, like, every black woman has, well, not every, because, you know, Jordan Woods, but, like, so many <laughs> black women out here that are going to be taking out their pockets. So many black people, um, specifically, again, black films, do experience traumatic shit like this, yeah. and it's it's the norm. It's like that's what black women do. We we like we don't get kudos for anything else but our 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 uh, capability, capability to struggle. To struggle. Yeah. yeah, and it's like God fucking damn, I don't want to do this. The fact that like women are raising children, going to school, working mm. two jobs, and all that shit all at once, it is a miracle that that is happening. Yeah, this should not be the norm. Yeah, and the fact that like you're doing this and because uh, I, I like I want to when you were saying all that I was like the fact that black women do all of these things while still living as a black woman <laughs> like that that is trauma in and of itself to live and like being like again like all of us are dark skinned black women yeah. to like live as a dark skinned black woman and like having to go and navigate in all these other spaces like just the dark skinned black woman part is like goddamn bitch you already had it hard. And then I think about like, we seeing all of this and we like, be going all the struggles and stuff. And it goes back to that first um, opening comment we had about like, your, your toxic trait within relationships. And not to be like, that is because, like, because we have all these struggles, it's okay to be toxic. But like, no, like just as ourselves of, as being black women in the situation. So like, do you feel like the struggles you go through day to day and shit like that is the one of the reasons why you feel how you like how you implement your toxic ways into a relationship because it's kind of like you've built up all this I don't know barrier with people so okay. being like telling people I need these things I need these things one it feels weird it feels like you're over exerting yourself because yeah. black women aren't considered to we're not expected to tell people that we need things mm -hmm. yeah. Like yeah and so like does that go into reasons why you're toxic and I'm like 
is that something that can be fixed? Is that something, why do we constantly have to fix these struggles within ourselves yeah. that no one else has to do? Mm. And I'm like, not to be like, that's like, we should be shitty. Like, no, like, I'm not saying <laughs> we shouldn't be shitty, but I'm just like, that's something to think about. Like, I'm like, wow, we're going through all these other struggles where that does want to estimate zoom somewhere. Yeah. Like, we're going to release somewhere. Yeah. And that doesn't make it better, but it's like, it makes it more understandable, I guess. Yeah. As you come home and you're like, I'm going to do this one toxic thing or these two toxic things. It's like, okay, I understand why you're doing that. And then it's like the partner that you have, I feel like you need to understand that as well. And y'all need to really work with each other. See, the, that's why I don't date white men. Yeah. <laughs> and the communication has to be excellent yeah. because yeah. this is the argument that a lot of black men use to imprison black women. Yes. You know, I go to work, I deal with the white man, I have the world on my shoulders and I come home and I beat the fuck out of you and need my meal mm-hmm. on time, on the double. And when I get in that bed, you better be throwing that ass. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, I yes. live... I, I'm coming out of this dynamic. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, is it is it cool that yeah. I over divulge information about myself in order to be treated a certain way? No, nah, it's not cool. But it's a it is a lesser violence than I'm going to be physically violent, verbally abusive, yeah. psychologically abusive. I'm going to um, use my friends as an army against you. Um, I'm going to clout chase uh, uh, and steal from you that's a lesser evil that's more of an evil than like i'm gonna over divulge yeah. how i need to be loved yeah it I, seems very small yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and like what we could be like i think that's so funny because you have like you know like black men white women white men doing all these things that you just said <laughs> yeah and then all we're doing is like i'm over exerting my feelings yeah. <laughs> I, need to, I need to be loved <laughs> and then i feel like that's like so like i mean it's still like you know in a like i said situational but mm-hmm. and like yeah. to be like that's such a like a big thing in my head. Like I'm doing this such a big thing. This person over here is like I'm treating them bad, and we're like the whole time they're giving me all these shitty like interactions and mm-hmm. treating me so terribly. But this one thing I'm doing, I can't excuse myself or like give myself leeway to learn. Mm-hmm. I feel like, girl, y'all just got me preaching today. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I feel like again as black films that. That is just such a disservice. Like, that's a disservice we're given since we're, like, as young as, like, five, six, seven years old, where you are expected to endure in silence. Yes. And that any uh, ramifications from that, bitch, you better take care of them, again, in silence. Mm. So I, I, I should be able to shit on you. I should be able to sexualize you. I should be able to oppress you. And any, in, in all the ways that you internalize that, in all the ways that uh, you like, kind of accept that as just a part of your existence, in any way that you might want to like exercise the stress that that brings, it's like, oh, bitch, wrap it back up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because now you are you are not soft. You are not feminine. Yep. You are out of your place. Mm-hmm. You are not staying in this box that I'm trying to fit you in. Yep. Right. You're loud. <laughs> I'm gonna say you're loud, or I'm gonna say you're a bitch, yep. or you're a hoe, or whatever. Sapphire. But like you know, whatever the case is, um, which because I feel like we could just keep talking. We're so good. <laughs> yeah, um, like we got topics to get to. We already got to them. I know. Like no, but I want to like specifically get into this one a little bit more. Okay. Um, the last one, which is, do you know what it is? It's, what is um, it? how do you work to rebuild yourself? Uh, after being in violent, aggressive environments. Because. Oh, okay. That sounds like we got to. Oh, yeah. Wow. We, so good, yeah. You said we murdered such a minute. I didn't even realize. Like, it just, it that goes. transition. It goes. Like, this whole topic today was just oh, like. Oh, well, I just have an antidote specifically I wanted to talk about. So, everybody.
two years a year. It was like probably maybe two months. Let me not over exaggerate. I was homeless. I used to be a sex worker. I was escorting. Um, and like, okay, I just also real quick, sex workers real work, and I'm not equating sex work to violence. Mm. Just want to get those two things out of the way Absolutely. before somebody you know yeah. try to fuck up and misquote me. Yeah. Um, but. In because that like I was work I was homeless and a sex worker, um, and that what you will find is like within sex work or whatever, that you will be in situations that are aggressive or that are violent. Not because again, sex work is not violent. Don't misquote me. Mm-hmm. Um, but because niggas is shitty. Yeah. Um, and don't want to pay for services. Yeah. And um, I remember. After like I've I've since been housed, I'm about to resign my lease in June and shit, whatever. Um, I was asked to come back and speak at this. Uh, it was like a kind of like gallery for this drop-in center that I used to go to when I was homeless or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was asked to speak, and then there was this exercise that we did. We were painting, and they were like, "Oh, paint um, what homelessness means to you." And so, like basically, I drew this picture or whatever. Long story short, um, I was talking because uh, my brother asked me to like describe the painting because I have it in my house, and he was like, "What does it mean?" And I was saying that um, when I first started escorting, I was housed. I was like, at first I was living in Schaumburg, and then I moved to the city, and I was like living in my apartment, and I was like doing my shit there. Mm. Um, when I became homeless, escorting became a necessity, and like it became, it kind of made me feel trapped because I was like, oh. I have to do this because I have to eat, because I have to house myself, because I have to take care of myself. Yeah. And it, it became, I, I put, I was put in a situation where it's like, I, I have to accept less to get more. Mm. Um, and in that, like, I, I actually like started dating this guy that I've met through that or whatever. And he was like, never physically abusive. Uh, but he was, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> He was never physically abusive, but he was definitely emotionally and sometimes verbally abusive. Where um, he would try to like throw the fact that I had, you know, done sex work as like, oh, well, you know, who's I, like who's gonna love you for you the way that I did, right? <laughs> or who is gonna like be accepting of this past? Yeah. And like being in a relationship with this person is like again, like I was still homeless at this time. So, like, being in this relationship with you is a necessity for me because that gives me a place to stay bare minimum, right? Yeah. Um, I can go to your house and be, quote-unquote, safe. Luckily, you didn't even know you were homeless. Right? Yeah, I didn't. Never tell. I be. Woo! I, but again, but I just want to go back to the other thing. This is me being homeless and escorting and shit, and I couldn't tell the bullshit to my partner that I was homeless because I know that, that, that that's a tool that you can now use against me. Yeah. So, <laughs> shitty relationships. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. But, like, saying all of these things, and, like, I remember, like, getting out of that relationship, and, like, I started talking to the person that I somewhat talk to now. (laughs) We have our own shittiness that we do see each other that we're working on. But, like, being in a relationship with this person now, or, you know, what? Situationship. Situationship, yes. Um, Where, like, completely being able to divulge that, and, like, He's nothing but curious. He's like, and there's like nothing but like accepting. It's like, wow, bitch, you was out here doing your shit. You was, you was out here trapping. It's yeah, like, why you yeah, look at it? Yeah. It was like, you know, it was like, is in a way like proud of that. Like, yeah. you know, it was like truly accepting of that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like 
obviously, like, I spent some time single before I started talking to this person. They, like, they've been in my life for a while, but, like, before we got into our situationship, mm-hmm. um, it's like, was a while in between relationships. But um, finding, I feel like one of, like, I never was, like, ashamed of sex work and shit like that. Like, I have no problem. Bitch, yes, niggas was like a selling pussy. I don't know. Okay, fuck. look. <laughs> we ain't got a ride. <laughs> 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 Okay. Like, don't don't care about that part. But it does make you start to question yourself when the person that you love, the person who says they love you, is constantly like, "Mm, you know, that shit is. You should be ashamed, or whatever. And like, constant, like hearing that on a nearly constant basis. And like being out of that relationship, and one, like just being able to flex a little bit because I had like just moved to my new apartment. (laughs) I had, you know, like niggas is. What was back in school, working, you know, kind of doing my shit. Yeah. And just like, like you said, like really refinding yourself and redefining who you are and what you will and will not accept in relationships. Yeah. Um, just, it's great. And like, I feel like what's great about that is like, because once you decide, like, you know, okay, these are my standards, these are my boundaries, and all of those things, that it is so much easier to find someone who is willing to meet those things or at least meet. Let's say half those things. God damn. Mm-hmm. Can I get half? Yeah. Um, and who can like who's gonna like, you know, be willing to grow? And I feel like the best thing about, you know, my situation is that even though we'll be all like talking our shit to each other, that I know that he is willing to grow. That like we can be mad at each other for two weeks and then a conversation is happening after that. It's not as like what, what my previous relationship, we would just not talk and then we'd be back cool. Like very simple, but you know, that makes up to my relationship with my mom. Yeah. <laughs> that's mommy right there where nobody apologizes. We're just being nice. Like, yeah. yeah. And overly nice to a point where it just seems like fake. Like where this is a performance, right? Yeah. Um, so like if you're in, if you are leaving a toxic relationship, I also want to say to all my people who are in toxic relationships, be it mental, physical, abuse, uh, abuse like physically abusive and all of that uh emotional etc leave when it is safe yes. and when you are ready yes. yes um and there are several 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 different avenues we'll obviously leave links in our details and shit to help you get there and to help you when you are ready to leave mm. um and know that when you leave the situation there is more love. There is real love. There is better love waiting for you. On that note, I'll <laughs> go around. Well, we're not going around. There's only one person. Give us, give us your socials where we can find you. Any work you got coming up. Then, you know, because this is going to come out next week. So, mm-hmm. so it's coming out Monday, right? Yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. ours is coming out. Hold on one second. Yeah. yeah. Monday, my favorite day. Um. <laughs> My uh, social media, Instagram, you can find me at T-Y-Y-U-H-N-U-H. Again, that's T-Y-Y-U-H-N-U-H. Um, I have a website now. You could find the website through the Instagram. Um, what else? Oh, I have three performances uh, in the month of May. May 18th, I will be at Hairpin Studios for City Divided. May 19th, I will be at Uncharted Books, um, performing with three different um, femme poets from the Midwest. And uh, there's something else, y'all. But uh, if y'all follow me, you know, on the Instagram or find me at the website, I would definitely have number three posted. All right. Thank you so much for coming. This was so good. Thank you so much. We're probably going to turn this off. Just keep talking.
It's a look. Oh, when are you ready to do this? I know. <laughs> no, you say it's your name. Oh, no, you're not. Everybody does it. Everybody. <laughs> I, I feel like we should be more specific. Yeah. I just hope that one day someone, I mean, again, back to that, I'm hoping people know what I want. Um, all full circle. It's Tiana. It's Izzy. It's Oyana. It's, it's a, a look. look.